Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon. Uh, whatever it is in whatever part of the world you're listening to this, this is the Eagle's Eye podcast. My name's David Sokal, and this is episode 45. And this episode, we're going to be looking at the burning bush. Yeah, it's good to be back on uh, the Eagles Eye podcast and uh, I'm aware that uh, once again I've been missing quite a few weeks. Uh, I did say this would happen, but um, we're still (laughs) in the realms of this, um, whatever it is, a virus or plague or whatever it is, this uh, continuous new variants that are coming out with COVID. But uh, life does seem to be getting a little bit back to normal and uh, people are starting to venture out in different things and looking at the calendar ahead regarding my um, ministry or the, the our calling rather to christian friends of israel um we could very easily have a very busy year ahead uh, indeed we had a very busy year last year um 2021 uh, and um, by the way, uh, a happy new year to, <laughs> to you all. Uh, this is the first podcast of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's episode 45 and we will be looking at uh, the subject of the burning bush. A subject that uh, is really, really, um, I don't know, it's activated my spirit so much over the past few months. And I've been wanting to do this podcast for ages and ages and ages. But um, either time wouldn't allow or the timing wasn't right. I don't know what it was. But um, yeah, here we are. And I hope you get something out of this. Uh, And by the way, um, when I'm doing, I'm actually recording this podcast uh, as the uh, Jewish holiday of Tubishvat is occurring. Now, you might be pondering, what is Tubishvat? Well, it's actually, it, it occurs on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of uh, Shivat. And um, in Israel, the day is celebrated um, sort of like as um, a, 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 an ecological awareness day, for want of a better word. Uh, and trees are planted in celebration. Now, this whole business of trees we, we've looked at before on previous podcasts but I, I want to go back to a few of these these uh, areas that are plucked out type of thing but did you know did you know right since the year 1901 there has been 250 million trees planted in Israel Wow, that's that's absolutely astonishing. 250 million trees in Israel. You know, you have to remember Israel is the size of Wales. It's not 0.1% of the Middle East. It is tiny. Uh, and yet, it is one of the few countries in the world which more trees uh, have been planted today than, you know, the past 100 years. It's It's unique. And, and of course, trees have a very special status in the Torah. Uh, for those who don't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And, and because of the importance of sustaining life, um, they're actually symbols are seen. Trees are seen as symbols of God's divine favour. And, you know, even during times of war, and let's face it, Israel... A year doesn't go past when, when, when some 
type of war, whether it's Hamas in Gaza or Hezbollah or threats from Iran or, or the Palestinian Authority doing terrorist attacks. It doesn't seem... I can't remember one year going past where Israel haven't had to deal with some type of war. But even during types of war, God warns the Israelis in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verses 19 to 20. Stop the, the podcast if you want to and pick up your scriptures if you've got them and, and, and check it out. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 19 and 20. It says that God warns the Israelis that when you war against a city that you have to besiege for a long time in order to capture it, you must not destroy its trees. So the Lord clearly warns Israel that, you know, the trees sustain life. And, and that is why uh, we have these holidays uh, to Bishvat to, to celebrate uh, the planting of a tree. And like you say, 250 million trees have been planted in Israel since 1901. And I just think that is amazing. It really is amazing. And um, imagine, imagine if, if the old oak trees uh, that we know could actually speak about the life they've witnessed. Imagine uh, you, when you go around Israel, there are so many different types of trees and some very, very ancient olive trees. Um, some are believed to be um, nearly 2,000 years old. Uh, I mean, imagine, imagine that. Imagine if those 2,000-year-old olive trees could speak. What, <laughs> what wonders would they tell? And, uh, and of course, speaking about um, someone who looks to the Lord, Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm 1 and, and verse 3 reads, He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. And, and Psalm 52 and verse 8 declares, But as for me, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. And, 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 and just one more scripture. Uh, actually, no, I might, I might just use two more scriptures. <laughs> I've just been reminded of another one. Um, but the one I was going to say, first of all, is Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 61 and verse 3. It speaks of granting to those who mourn in Zion right? Granting to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Listen to this, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And, and of course, yeah, another scripture which comes to my mind, it's Genesis in chapter 13 and verse 18 where we read, So Abram moved his tent and he came and he settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. You see, in scripture, throughout the scriptures, uh, the, 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 the trees have such a massive part to play. 
But um, oh, and by the way, listen to this scripture. I mean, we all we've. I'm sure if you've been part of a church fellowship or anything, you'll have sang the song uh, as a deer longs uh, for the streams. It's actually taken from. Um, uh, it's taken from Psalm forty-two, uh, just as a deer longs for running streams. God, I long for you. It says in verse one, but verse two. Uh, actually, it might be verse three in in your Bible. It depends which translation you you're actually reading. I'm I'm actually reading from the complete Jewish, uh, and it says, "I am thirsty for God, for the living God. Where can I come and appear before God? Do you long?" For running streams like a, a deer would in, in, in the midst of a, maybe this deer is, you see plenty of deers around the area of, 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 the, of the Dead Sea. And, and of course, you, you're getting into the Judean wilderness there. And if you go further down uh, south and, and, and a little bit over towards the uh, west side, you've got the Negev. And, and you imagine the deer walking through the Negev desert, running, and, and, and you can sniff a uh, a stream and he's longing for it well as lot as that deer longs for the water that's how we should be thirsting for god we should be thirsting for god for the living god and and the psalmist says where can i come and appear before this god so my 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 thirst is quenched oh it's i tell you what it's it's just a there's something about uh, there's some, something happens when you when you when you read something whether whether I don't know maybe it's quiet time maybe you're listening to a podcast maybe not me somebody else uh, maybe it's uh, you just open the scriptures and some and, and, and the word speaks to you something sort of like ignites in your in your spirit have you ever had that and I believe what's happening is. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And he's, for some reason, using the spirit that's within us. And he's activating that spirit within us. We came under, there's, there's two people that um, have had a massive influence on my life. <clears throat> the, 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 the first one is Lance Lambert, and I'll come back to Lance shortly. Uh, the second person uh, that had an impact upon my life especially when we were we were setting up or, or, or the early days before we set up uh, what became One Life Church uh, was uh, a, a guy called Bob Gordon and I've spoke about Bob Gordon in previous podcasts but um, the teaching a lot of it was on the holiness of God and I can remember the encounter that Bob Gordon had whilst reading Isaiah 6. Uh, and he, he, he states in his book, he states, uh, there is no more powerful testimony to the revelation of the holiness of God and the impact it can make on a person's experience of life than that of Isaiah. So basically, if you read Isaiah chapter 6, particularly verses 1 to 8, you'll know where we're coming from on this. And Bob Gardens goes on to say, these words of the prophet portray an experience of God that few of us have ever known. It is so deep, so rich and powerful, so absolutely challenging to all of life. It is to be touched by God's fire. To know that you have escaped from death under the blazing glory of the almighty God. 
There is a depth about this experience that we sorely need to perceive in our hearts today. And he goes on, he says, God's desire is that we, men and women, should enter into a depth of experience and understanding of himself, of God, that few of us have ever reached. This experience, the holiness, the depth, the power of God is open to all believers who will open their hearts and seek him. Wow! How many times have I prayed for this? How many times have you prayed for this? And Bob Gordon says we need to feel the size of his, his heart, his, its largeness, its breadth, so that we can be delivered from being men and women of a small heart. We need to comprehend as God comprehends and feel his passion for the exiled and the lost. And I, I'll just quote a little, a tiny bit more from his book, uh, it, it's actually, I don't know if you can even buy it these days, it, it's called The Foundations of Christian Living um, and uh, it, it's uh, published on Sovereign World International. Um, if, if you're interested, you can uh, email me or message me and I'll give you the uh, ISBN number. But anyway, he says, we need to know God's fire. And he quotes Hebrews 12 verse 29 we need to know God's fire because Isaiah met the fire of God and it almost killed him he was burned in his vision of God he was a profound it was a profound inward experience of the reality of God in all his awesome power which left the prophet as good as dead it burned the dross it burnt the rubbish out of him. Only the purging touch of an angel in the mercy of God saved him. But for that touch, he would have been finished. This is what we need in our discipleship. We need to know that we have come to an absolute end. We need to come to the realization that there, but for the grace and mercy of God, we would have perished. And he, he says too much modern experience in, 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 in Christianity is of our own making. And, 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 and I agree with that. He says it leads to triviality and self-centeredness. And he goes on to say the reason why so many of us need to go on having ministry after ministry after ministry and going up for healing and, and, and uh, you know, you often see it, don't you? I don't want to be, be discourteous to any of the people who go for healing and people lay hands on the people and, and, and often they'll go down what the call is in the spirit. Uh, but we always say it's, it doesn't matter how you go down. The importance is how you get up. And why is it we see time and time again and I can speak in my own life I'm not pointing fingers I can speak in my own life where I've expected uh, a change a complete radical change only to wake up the next morning and fall flat on my face because I've, I've still fallen for the same issues the same problems and, and Bob says the reason why so many of us need to go on having ministry after ministry for our supposed needs and bondages is because we have never been touched by the fire of God.
Those who have been touched by the fire of God find their bonds are burned away. And he says we need a baptism of fire by the Holy Spirit. Now, as I was thinking about this whole subject of planting trees like the Israelis do and, and, and the whole business of the different types of tree and, and how we need to, to be like that deer who runs for the streams and, 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 and thirsts for God. Um, the, the whole issue and teachings regarding Bob Gordon's, whether I've, I've just spoken out, came back to mind. But it came back to mind because of what I was reading at the time. And that is because I'm, I've been going through, I would say, the past four months, maybe more, um, of various studies, Bible studies, and various books connected to the life of Moses. Um, and I've got three books, uh, three very good books on this, and, and I've mentioned it in, in previous podcasts, but... Um, the one that I've finished uh, of late is called The Lessons from the Life of Moses and it's by Lance Lambert which is, uh, as I mentioned, two people who have had a massive, massive part of, of uh, teaching in my life uh, and uh, obviously one was Bob Gordon and the other is Lance Lambert. Both <laughs> no longer with us, both have uh, of, of, um, passed on, they've died, they've, they've gone to the Lord, you know, they've, 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 they've heard hopefully the voice of the Lord saying, well done my good and faithful servant. And, uh, but they've left uh, a legacy, they've left a legacy of teaching and, and a richness uh, behind, which um, sadly I, I, I don't find the depth of the richness in in a lot of the people who write books these days on spiritual matters but anyway that could just be me but um in the lessons from the life of moses uh, lance lambert mentions about uh the whole experience of what bob gordon is mentioning he's saying about we need to know god's fire uh, isaiah met the fire of god and it almost killed him and it burned him in his vision of god and 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 in a, in a similar way um lance lambert is speaking about what it was that changed moses's life you see moses knew he'd been called by god from the from the early days where he was was um, taken from from the river Nile, survived, uh, and uh, he grew up in Pharaoh's house, and he knew uh, the rich life of uh, of um, the pharaohs, but he also knew that he was different. He knew that about his Jewish uh, belonging, and he knew that God had sort of kept him, uh, kept him apart. He knew there was a calling upon his life regarding his people, the Hebrews. Uh, but like all of us who, who, who have a, a walk with God, we can often do things for the Lord, which actually he never asked us to do. It's called uncommanded works. And, and of course, you know the story, uh, Moses sees the Hebrew getting badly tripped by an Egyptian. And, and, um, and, and, and he takes the Egyptian and he actually kills the Egyptian. 
And then I think it's possibly the next day or the day after he sees two Hebrews fighting. He's saying, what are you doing fighting amongst yourselves? And they turn on him and they say, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill us as well? And of course, he realises that his actions have been, they're out there. They're out there in, the, in, in what, we, what we would say today, the public domain. It was, if there was Twitter, there would have been all over Twitter. And, and, and so what does he run, uh, do? He runs for his life. He, he, he flees from the presence of all the richness of living as a, as, as a son of Pharaoh uh, out to the wilderness. And of course, after 40 years, he spends in the wilderness. One could say, possibly without exaggeration, that life had suddenly became somewhat routine for Moses. And probably, possibly, on one of those quite ordinary days that every one of us has. <laughs> He's doing the routine responsibilities and his duties of leading his sheep and goats into the desert. And suddenly Moses notices a fire. But this is not so extraordinary. Because, and I've seen this, very often in the desert, a bush ignites spontaneously. And uh, I've seen this happen in the Sinai. Apparently it goes on in, in, in uh, not in the Sinai, sorry, in, in the uh, Negev I've seen it. But it happens in the Sinai as well. Um, and um, you, can, you can, it gets so hot in the desert that suddenly these, these dried up bushes just like self-combust it just suddenly erupts in flames but the mystery is because the, 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 these bushes aren't up to much they the, the soon go back out again they soon die and, 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 and that's it you know you're talking a, a couple of minutes maybe max uh, and it and it's we, weird uh, they're like uh, I don't know tumbleweed after that and you see them you know it's a bit like what you, you imagine in the in, in the uh, the western movies isn't it you see them you know going across uh, the desert rolling uh, being pushed by the wind but the difference between what would normally happen and what Moses experienced is quite mysterious because what happens is he's out tending his sheep. He's doing a normal job. He's, he's seeing to his sheep and his goats. And he sees one of these bushes go up in smoke. But I can imagine he just goes on looking after his sheep. But then he looks up again, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes later. And he thinks, oh, that's strange. That bush is still on fire. That must be some bush. But then maybe he looks away again and he's, you know, back to his sheep and dreaming his dreams or whatever he's doing. But then a few more minutes go past and he looks again and the bush is still burning. And he can almost imagine him saying to himself, whoa, that is quite some bush, you know. Maybe it wasn't so dry. Maybe it has a little sap in it. And... He's intrigued now because the bush is still burning bright and it's not being consumed. And so he walks, you know, over to this, this strange sight of watching this bush that's still alight and hasn't extinguished itself. And suddenly, as he draws close to it, 
he hears the voice of God. Not from above, not from behind, but from inside the burning bush in the fire. And it speaks to him. The Lord speaks to him and he says, Moses, or Moshe, Moshe, that would be the Hebrew, Moses. And of course, Moses says, I'm here. And, and God says, take your shoes off from your feet because the ground where you're standing is holy. And Moses does that exactly as commanded. And, 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 and suddenly his life is changed. So basically... What Lance Lambert goes into uh, teaching about is what kind of bush. Why did the Lord choose this extraordinary way of meeting with one of his own children that was going to become one of the most powerful and influential servants of his whole family? And Lance Lambert asks, you know, why did the Lord choose one of these bushes? Uh, and we understand, uh, and, and I've, I've done a lot of research on this, and apparently the, the bush that was on fire is one of the smallest bushes that appears in the Sinai, in the Negev, and in different parts of Israel, and it's one of the most common thorn bushes. Okay, there's nothing, nothing great about this bush whatsoever. And of course... <laughs> um, Lance goes on about uh, the other various bushes that it could have been. You know, it could have been sort of like an acacia tree. It could have been a splendid piece of uh, 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 like an olive tree, something something really, really good. Or, or maybe it could have been a fig tree because uh, the fig trees, you know, the, 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 the quite a beautiful tree in, 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 in essence. And um, yeah, the, it could have been anything else but a simple like no good thorn bush, and apparently uh, he, he got, <laughs> that's goes on about the camels. You know the camels will eat absolutely anything, and you know the, they like to come across and they like to, to chew on bushes. And and, and 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 he describes it like this. I'll just read what he says. He says, "I've often watched them chewing on the great big thorns and wonder how in the world those soft, rubbery-like mouths manage to chew on thorns." And uh, so basically, you know, he's saying it could have been that. It could have been a, an acacia uh, tree. It could have been anything, but it wasn't. It was. A simple thorn bush and he says that you know these simple thorn bushes even the camels that eat everything else won't even touch these thorn bushes so basically you know he, he goes on about what other trees what other bushes that could have been it could have been the pomegranate that would have made so much more sense wouldn't it because the pomegranates are, are a marvelous picture and symbol of fertility um, it could have been um, you know, a vine with grapes. It could have been all, any type. So why did God choose the most humble thorn bush? The most <laughs> common thing that there is. Can you imagine it? What is the 
What, why choose this insignificant thorn bush? Well, he chose it. He chose it, and we believe, for a reason. Even though the two are penny, even though they are so common, uh, God chose this to speak through it. And the reason he chose the common thorn bush is because the common thorn bush represented Moses. And the common thorn bush could have represented Israel. And the common thorn bush could even represent you or me. And here's why. Because left alone, the common thorn bush might explode, self-ignite into a glorious fire for a few minutes, if that. And then it's dead and it goes off with the wind like the tumbleweed that I mentioned. There is nothing beautiful about the common thorn bush. There is nothing that you could really write about such a pathetic little knee-high bush. And yet God chose it because God was in the thorn bush. And this is where the story concludes. The very fact that God was in the bush changed radically the life of Moses. And for me, this lesson is so tremendous. You know, I wish I could go on more talking about this. But it's not just that Moses is a thorn bush or Israel was a thorn bush. It was as if God was saying, David, or put your name there, you are nothing but a dead thorn bush, but I am the fire. But you and I in union will change the world. You and I together will fulfill my purposes. And he's speaking to Moses, but let's put your own name there. Whatever your name is, uh, I'm putting my own name there, okay? So David, it is not that you are just a thorn bush. This people that you're going to lead out of the thorn bush. You're going to find that it's a problem. And that could be with whatever calling it is. Like he gave me the calling when I got saved back in 1984. Straight away he laid Israel upon my heart. And you know it took until 1995. Which is 11 years later for me actually to be obedient to that call. And say okay God. I repent whatever it is. And if you want to hear that story you'll have to go back to some of my earlier podcasts. But the fact remains. That God spoke and God still speaks and God still ignites but what we have to realize is that without that fire without God without God being in, inside we are nothing 
We might have a ministry, but if God is not in that ministry, that ministry is nothing. We might have planted a church, but if God is not in that church, the church is nothing. And whatever it is we do and whatever it is we feel we might be called to and whatever it is we, we labour over, it might all just burn out to nothing. And like the common thorn bush, Go poof and die and be tumbleweed in the hot blazing desert. So the choice is yours and the choice is mine. We need the fire of God within us. We need not to look at the thorn bush, but to look at how God can transform that thorn bush. Because I am a common thorn bush. There is nothing good within me. And yet, God. So until the next time, may his fire erupt in you. May his fire Charge a spark within you that causes a flame that is never extinguished. And may his grace and peace and deep shalom be with you.